0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. for you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette and I am a tech editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. If your life had a face, I would punch it.
1: Okay. Which brings us to a little listener mail. listener mail comes from Dave, and Dave says, Hi guys, love the show. I've been wondering how facial recognition technology works. How does it know what a face is and whose face it is? What are some of its uses, fun and practical? Are there dangers and controversies around this technology? What's in the future for this stuff? Thanks for all your fascinating discussions. Have a good one. And uh, I should point out also, this email. uh, Other people have asked us about facial recognition technology, so Dave's was the first one that I came across. It dated from February of uh 2010 it is currently as we're recording this october of 2010 <laughs> dave i'm sorry
0: <laughs> we have uh, lots of other topics just like that so we got plenty of stuff. Keep letting us know what you want to hear.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but a lot of people have asked about face recognition technology. Mm-hmm. We thought I thought would start with kind of just a, a brief discussion about face detection technology yes. mm-hmm. because that you know you really you build upon that. And I think a lot of us have used digital cameras at this point that have some face detection uh, technology built into them. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not
0: uncommon. No, not at all.
1: Now. Here's the thing about recognizing and detecting faces. People are really good at that.
0: Yeah, you know, well, most people are.
1: Right, most people are. There are exceptions, of course, but the the average person who doesn't have any uh, uh, problems with the, his or her sight or have uh, uh, any problems within their brain that mm-hmm. makes it difficult to detect and recognize faces... They, they check – they usually see it right away, yes. right? Mm-hmm. You know, you just look at a person. You see their face. You recognize that person. If you've, if you've seen this person before, more often than not, you'll recognize that person. Computers aren't very good at this. Uh, it's one of the things that, that really is a, a barrier in artificial intelligence is that humans are very good at detecting and recognizing patterns and, and mm-hmm. keeping that information stored so that they recognize it when they encounter it another time. Yes, in fact, we're so good at it, we sometimes make mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is this is often uh, comes out in, in pareidolia, which is where you you see patterns in stuff that there's no actual pattern there. Like mm-hmm. you look up in the clouds and you see, hey, that just looks like my buddy Joe's face up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's our brain creating a pattern where there's not really a pattern there. Right. But computers are not traditionally very good at this. Uh, it's actually a, a big computing problem and problem in the sense of how do you teach a computer to recognize patterns mm-hmm. uh, face detection and face recognition kind of that that's right up there with that problem is how do you teach a computer what is a face well
0: that's a little bit tricky uh, of course this is done with software yeah and um, it relies on on algorithms which mm-hmm. are uh, you know sets of instructions basically for right. for uh, computers or or anything running a any kind of software like this um and what the uh what the researchers and engineers have had to do is install a layer of software that enables these devices to uh you know they had to basically teach it what uh I mean not literally we're not talking artificial intelligence but they had to, to basically teach it what is a face
1: right so often Software, software may or may not be the, the right term depending upon which device you're using. Firmware may be. Well, okay. Because yes. often it you're is right. hard coded directly onto a chip. But yeah, it's, it's same, same principle, right? It's, yeah. it's not, it's not hardwired onto the chip itself. It's, it's a program that exists there.
0: Yeah. And and I
1: apologize for my mistake. No, no, no. There's plenty of stuff out there where it is a layer of software. It's not firmware. It all depends on, and we, we've talked about those dis- definitions being fuzzy anyway. Way, right, right. So I'm just trying well, to some of them, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, fuzzy firmware. That'd be a great name for a band. That's my Devo cover band name. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the what generally what the this firmware or software, what this program is looking for are the basic identifiers of the average human face, which mm-hmm. would be uh, your eyes, nose, your your ears, your chin, kind of the outline. And when it recognizes that basic pattern, the the, the software identifies that as a face. So if you hold a digital camera with face identification software on it, or, or uh, that feature is enabled, uh, if it sees a, p- a pattern that looks like ears, eyes, nose, and chin, it's going to immediately assume that that's a face. Uh, mm-hmm. Which sometimes it can be funny. Like you can sometimes get face recognition software to recognize a face on a um on a, a, a like a picture mm-hmm. like it's not even a person you're like a mural on a building in fact i remember uh, google street view they use an algorithm that's essentially this you know right. it looks for those features in order to blur out faces mm-hmm. that's part of the the privacy uh uh stance that Google takes is you know people were objecting to having their their pictures on Google Street View so what Google did was they created this algorithm that looks for the human face and then it uh, applies a blurring layer over it so that you can't tell who that is right right well i've seen that work on things that were not human beings Yes. Mostly on things like like billboards, or uh, there was one that was a mural that was on the side of a building, and the the face on the mural had been blurred out automatically by Google Street View. Well, it is a face, yeah.
0: It's just it's not just, a yeah. an actual uh, three dimensional face. There's
1: a good chance that mural did not object to having its privacy, uh, rev- you know, violated. True. Uh, but anyway, so it's looking for that basic set, and that 's just your, your your very basic face detection it it, it, it says it looks for this this uh, pattern of images and says this is what a human face is right now when you go to face recognition where it 's going beyond detecting a face it 's actually right. recognizing a face and uh, and setting that to an identity.
0: We get a little more complex, actually a lot Mm -hmm. more complex. True, true enough. Um, yeah, it it does rely on those, uh, facial landmarks. Yes. You know, your eyes and nose, chin, the depth of of your eye sockets. The length um, of your nose, the the width width of of your nose. nose, Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nostrils, everything like that can be part of this
0: and and for the uh, for the camera in this case it's uh, recognizing a face print sort of like your thumb print or fingerprint um, and so once it it can uh, keep a record of what a particular face looks like um, then it can can you know that that's I, I think you would probably call that the first step, of yeah, being able to yeah. identify a particular face. So you take a person's face and you look at
1: these different measurements. It might be the the distance between the eyes. Uh, it can be things like the the width of the eyes themselves, um, the the wh- where the ears are in relation to the the. The head as a whole, um, the jawline, all of these kind of features that uh, you really want to focus on features that are not easily changeable, right? You know, mm-hmm. like hairstyle would be a bad. Uh, measurement because you could easily change that.
0: Right, right. You want things that won't change over time.
1: Right. So, uh, you know, it might be things like, again, the width of the forehead, that sort of stuff. These are all called nodal points,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right? And uh, we have a great article about facial recognition technology on HowStuffWorks.com. And in that article, you learned that, that the human face has around 80 nodal points. Mm-hmm. Now, not all facial recognition technology is going to rely on all 80 of those in order to create a face print, right. But they'll rely on some combination of those nodal points. and through the measurements we'll come up with a numeric value, which is the, that's the equivalent of the face print. It's a numeric value that is unique to that person, right? Mm-hmm. More or less. Identical twins actually can have the same face print. Wow. Well, yeah. It's, it's, so some facial recognition technology cannot discern between identical twins. There are other kinds that rely on even more specific data that can discern between the two. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. a basic facial recognition camera, uh, if you had identical twins and they, they really were Identical. Identical, yeah. Like they didn't have – one of them didn't have some sort of facial feature that was remarkably different. Mm -hmm. Uh, This software might identify both as being the same person. Right. uh, Without without additional layers, and we'll get into that in a little bit. So – You've got this face print. You create a database of face prints. Mm-hmm. Then when you take a picture of someone, the uh, again, the camera will measure the nodal points on this person's face, compare it against the database, and see if there's a match. Right. And it's probably – I'm guessing – we don't really go into a whole lot of detail in our article, but I'm guessing it's kind of like uh, fingerprints in a way. You look for a percentage of – Probability that this this particular face matches one that's in the database, mm-hmm. because you got to remember, not all of these images are going to be exactly the same. Uh, early facial recognition technology was very limited. You had to have someone looking directly into the camera. Mm-hmm. and then you would have to have that same person look directly into the camera again later on and compare that to the database in order to find a match right if the person was looking a little to the left or to the right the technology wasn't good enough to to compensate for that and to make a model of that person's face to really get the right measurements right mm-hmm. so it and you, you got to think of all the other factors that play into this it's the lighting If the lighting is bad, those early facial recognition uh, technologies weren't very effective. Or if the person was at a different distance, the camera has to know how far away you are in order to make uh, valid measurements for things like how far apart your eyes are. Mm -hmm. If the camera thinks you're 15 feet away, but you're really 12 feet away, those measurements are not going to be accurate, and it's not going to find the right match in the database. Right. Right. So this is this was definitely one of those things that was a big learning curve. You had to be able to build, you had to develop the digital technology to detect distance and then accurately measure as many nodal points as possible in as little time as possible. And we're talking hundreds of a second here uh, that that a, a chip is scanning uh, a person's face and identifying those nodal points. I mean, it takes no time at all for this to happen, but it it took engineers time to develop that technology. <laughs>
0: And yeah, there are there are some uh, really fascinating technologies built into facial recognition, including uh, you know technologies such as uh, surface texture analysis. Yeah, where it's basically creating a, a, a another not a face print but a skin print where they are doing um, the the system is doing an, a mathematical analysis of sections of your skin if you come before the camera. So. um if you had say a, a a birthmark or a mole or something that would probably help it track down who you are because it's going to say well we know that this is you know in sector number 17 um you know there is this uh different coloration than there there would be in the rest of of the face so um that that you know, they're very sophisticated in breaking them down into, um, you know, all kinds of uh, mathematical, uh, constructs to enable this to work.
1: Yeah. And the surface texture analysis is that layer I was talking about earlier about how to identify between identical twins. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, surface texture analysis is actually the kind of, of, technology you want in order to do that Mm -hmm. because it's looking much more closely at the texture of your skin as the name would imply Mm -hmm. so uh even identical twins aren't going to have identical lines on their faces right you know laugh lines wrinkles that kind of thing sure there might be a freckle or a mole that's it's slightly different from one twin to the other and this is the sort of technology that's going to pick up on that, as opposed to the basic facial recognition technology that might not. Mm-hmm. It might be close enough between the two twins in order to identify that as the same person. But with this layer, uh, it can make it uh, more accurate. In fact, uh, according to one company, uh, it can, uh, which is called Identix, mm-hmm. uh, surface. Texture analysis can increase the validity or the, the reliability of a scan by around twenty five percent. Right. Which is pretty significant. I mean you you know depending upon how accurate your starting point is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the early, early facial recognition technology, even when it was working well, was not working that well. It was like around a 60% success rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know you think about that, that means 40% of the time they get it wrong. And uh, that can be pretty serious when you consider that a lot of the facial recognition technology that's out there is used in law enforcement practices. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's in order to identify uh, people who, you know, let's say that there's a unknown suspect that is on the loose, uh, it may be used to try and identify someone like that, or it may even be used in a, a static system where, if something happens within the view of the camera, the camera would be able to to identify that person more quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't have to just you know stare at this picture and say, "I wonder if this is you know is this a suspect," or
0: you would compare it against the database of like mug shots or whatever. And that, that can be really useful in. Um in urban environments that have lots and lots of cameras that they use for law enforcement purposes, uh, places like London, where there are so many cameras on all the different street corners, right? But also in in places like banks, yeah. Um, if somebody were a known, uh, you know, unknown bank robber, and they. Didn't wear, you know, some kind of facial obscuring uh, gear. Now, I mean, it would be easy enough to fool a bank camera, probably if you put on a fake mustache or something like that, because that's the kind of thing that's going to throw off the facial recognition. Yeah, there,
1: there's some facial recognition technologies useful. that are they're that sophisticated enough to ignore things like facial hair. It'll look at the the shape and size of your face and the relationship of, say, like again, the distance between your eyes, mm-hmm. and it ignores things like facial hair because, again, facial hair is one of those things that's Easy to to grow or remove, right? Mm-hmm. True. Uh, for some of us, anyway. Ladies, hopefully not for you. But the uh, the most facial recognition technology will ignore that kind of stuff. But yeah, if you're wearing something that's obscuring your face, it definitely will throw off. Facial—it I mean, has to. <laughs> it's not going to be able to recognize it because it can't see it.
0: Yes. Um, so if you walk into the bank wearing a balaclava, the camera probably won't recognize you, but the security guard might have some issues. Right.
1: And <laughs> this also leads us to the the question about what sort of problems there can be. Well, clearly privacy is a, a big concern. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you get to the point where you have technology that can recognize faces, then you've got you're, you're to the point where you have to worry about you being viewed wherever you happen to be and identified as being there and i mean that's a big problem i mean even for people who let's say that you are a perfectly innocent upright wonderful citizen and you've never done anything wrong you still probably wouldn't necessarily want all these cameras everywhere identifying your your you wherever you happen to be Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there have been some experiments, uh, with this sort of system in place in various public areas that ended up getting, uh, canceled somewhere along the project because either the public was in an uproar about it saying, hey, this violates our privacy and I'm not comfortable with any agency tracking me like this, mm-hmm. uh, or the reliability was low enough so that there were concerns of, hey, I could be at home uh, asleep and someone who looks enough like me for the facial recognition technology to think that that was me could commit a crime and then I could be charged for it. Right. And I mean, if the if the reliability is low, like if it, it wasn't that 60 percent, that's a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, what if you happen to be involved in one of those 40 percent mistakes? And, like, Jonathan, why did you break into Tiffany's and steal all these diamonds? And I'd be like, wait, what did I do now? <laughs> when did that I totally look, don't remember that. I, I am certain I did not do that. It does not say I ever went to Tiffany's on Foursquare. So clearly that wasn't me
0: mm-hmm. because I check in everywhere. Right. But uh, there can be. <laughs> There can be a lot of, uh, positive uses, of course, for facial recognition. Oh yeah, no, Um, there, there are plenty of really good ones. I mean, not that those aren't positive, but I mean, more fun, let's say, uh, uses. Of course, you know, with, uh, cameras being as sophisticated as they are, photos are geotagged and now, you know, the facial recognition software built into them, you can auto tag, uh, different photos as basically as you are, you know, importing them into your, uh, files. Yeah, that to me is absolutely
1: Amazing.
0: It's like really neat stuff.
1: I, I was amazed back when cameras first started being able to detect faces. Mm-hmm. That to me, me was, that to me was really, really cool. I was like, hey, awesome. And then you had the next step beyond detecting faces was detecting when someone was smiling mm-hmm. because that, then they were measuring the, the, the person's mouth, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so if a person was smiling or making some sort of facial expression that was akin to smiling, because sometimes it was like more of a grimace, uh, your camera would, immediately take the picture. There, there's some cameras that had it where it would, it would be ready to take the photo. And as soon as the person smiled, that's when it would take the shot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that way you would get the smile, right? Right. And then the next step beyond that is what you were talking about, where you would tag a photo. You take a picture of someone. You tag that, that photo with the person's name. And then from that point forward, your camera compares the pictures you take against the people you've already tagged and says, Oh, wait, this is a person he's tagged already. I'm just going to go ahead and throw the tag on
0: there. Yeah, that's a good. Good point, because um, just as the manufacturers rely on the uh, software engineers to build the technology in so that these devices can recognize faces, you have to teach it who is who, um, who is whom. I should yes. say. Um, So, you know, it it won't know that when I take a photo of Jonathan that it's Jonathan until I tell it, you know, this is who this is. And then, therefore, after that, it will take photos and go, well, I recognize his face. It's Jonathan Strickland. And, you know, when I upload those embarrassing photos of him to Facebook, it will, you know, have all the pertinent information included properly.
1: Which is why every evening I have to sit down and untag photos.
0: Yeah. But you know, I was thinking of another uh, uh, technology—facial recognition application, I should say—that um, uh, is also pretty fun, which is uh, Microsoft's Connect.
1: Ah, uh, yes, that's a good point. Yeah, Connect is, of course, that's the the the
0: motion detecting the, right, uh, facial of, recognizing I always think of
1: Natal because that's what the that's that's mm-hmm. what the project was called before it hit the public.
0: It's funny how you associate a name with something and then it's sort of hard to unassociate it with that.
1: I still call Segway's Ginger. <laughs> that's blah, blah, going blah, way back, or
0: it or it. That's going way back. Yes it is.
1: So anyway, yeah, Connect has facial recognition built yes. into it and it's a, and the implementation like you were saying Paulette, is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether whether or not it works well, I can't say because I haven't used Connect yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the I love the concept that when you step in front of your your entertainment center, mm-hmm. the camera in the Connect. Peripheral looks at you and then analyzes your face. Does this this process that we're talking about, where it measures, make, takes these measurements very quickly, compares that to the information in its database, and then identifies you? So, if you have previously set up an, a Connect account, let's say, with your mm-hmm. Xbox, uh, it knows, hey, this is Jonathan. Jonathan likes to play at this particular skill level. Jonathan likes these particular games. Um, I'm going to present this. This block of information and features and games to Jonathan because we already know what his preferences are. Mm-hmm. Then when someone else, let's say Chris steps in front of Connect, it'll identify Chris and say, Oh, well, that's Chris. Chris likes some of the games Jonathan likes, but he also likes these other games and he prefers this, these kind of movies to the movies that Jonathan likes. Like Chris prefers the three movies they've seen before to the Vast database of movies that Jonathan has seen, so I'm just going to show him these three movies because there's no point in trying to get him to watch anything else. And then, um, and but that's the thing is that it'll it'll tailor the experience to the person based upon that person's profile. Now, Mm -hmm. again, like Paulette was saying, you have to create a profile. You have to tell Connect, "Hey, this is who I am." Mm -hmm. Whenever you see this face, this is the profile you should use. Right now, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to say something.
0: Well, I was just—if you were going to extrapolate from that—I thought of—I just thought of another application okay. similar to that. Mm-hmm. That uh, apparently, uh, as I look it up quickly here, um, other people have, are way ahead of me, and uh, doesn't surprise me in the least. Um, uh, smart homes can do the same thing because I know that uh, I remember reading a long time ago that uh, when Bill Gates had built his, you know, massive home. With uh, the Microsoft technology, it was state of the art, and it would tell as soon as you walked into a room, uh, oh well, you know this is Bill. He likes the temperature at you know seventy two degrees. He likes this kind of music, and it would automatically like you could walk around the house and uh, and I remember reading this. I don't know if it's still true or not, but they could follow you with. It's like oh well, you know we'll turn on the music in this room. We'll turn it off in that room because he's no longer there because you know we know where he is. But right. you would have to, uh, if as I remember correctly, um, like I said. I just thought of this on the fly and didn't research it, but if I remember correctly, it relied on uh, some kind of RFID technology. Yeah, I you think had to be wearing something. You had like or a little, you had like you. a little name tag that you wore. But um, you, you could you could use facial recognition technology instead, sure, and not have to carry anything with you, and then yeah. you wouldn't have to go. Oh well, you know. Dude, I left my card in the in the uh, laundry room, and now I'm in the living room, and I really don't feel like getting up.
1: <laughs> right, you could tell where Paulette was based upon the game yeah. show and commercial music that you heard throughout the place. Oh, nice. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You very much. You're welcome. But, For me, uh, it would be musicals. So, well, so I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say, <laughs> fair enough. Fair be enough. like, uh, who's doing Fosse? Uh, that's got to be Jonathan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it would be it would be highly useful. And there are people, as I uh, you know, uh, run a quick search on a search engine that uh, are, are already ahead of me on this and have you know started Im- implementing that technology. Of course, that also means you have to have cameras everywhere in your house.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. There there are definitely trade offs here. It's like I said, the big one being privacy. Um, there's also been discussions. Of using the sort of technology for things like ATM, uh, ATMs. I'm not going to say that I was going to say ATM machines. I apologize for the redundancy. It's funny how that gets in the vernacular. And you yeah. Just, anyway. But anyway, again, ATMs could use this uh, to sure. identify a person, and then theoretically, you could get money out of your checking account or savings account without having to have a PIN number or anything. Oh, I did it <laughs> again. I did it again. Twice in all. Oh, PIN number. Okay. Without having to have a pen or any other identif- identification on you, you could just, it would see your face and know that that was you and identify you with the account. Now, there yeah. are some definite problems there because if you have identical twins, <laughs> hey, I'm going to go get my brother's cash out of his account today. Uh, but also, it, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say,
0: but it could cut down on skimming.
1: It's, it's a hard, could. it's a hard thing to say because I'm reminded of, you may have heard this story. It was, I think, a couple of years ago, actually, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Japan's always ahead of us on this sort of stuff. Japan had uh, Seems these like it anyway. cigarette machines.
0: Ah, uh, yes. And oh, yeah. cigarette
1: machines had facial recognition technology built into them to recognize how old someone is. There was this... The technology was designed to look for things like wrinkles and, mm-hmm. and laugh lines and that sort of stuff to identify a person as being old enough to purchase cigarettes because, of course, it's a vending machine. So otherwise, you're just kind of working on the honor system. Right. But the news broke that kids could easily bypass this just by holding up a picture of an old person's face to the camera. They just hold up the picture, and the camera would detect the old person's face and say, yeah, this person could totally buy cigarettes, and then the kids could buy as much as they wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a concern about, well, if you had a a high enough resolution picture of someone's face and you held it up to the camera, would the camera just be unable to distinguish the fact that that's a a two-dimensional representation of a person's face versus an actual three-dimensional face? Mm -hmm. And some technology can't
0: do that very well. But it's getting better all the time. Yeah, and uh, you know, quite possibly by the time this podcast goes live, that will all be solved.
1: I <laughs> would surprise me. I would imagine the best way of doing that would be use, be to use a. Uh two-camera system
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you have essentially binocular vision using a camera with two lenses. Oh. And that way, you create that whole parallax right. uh, issue that we have natively as human beings as long as we have two eyes that work. Uh, we have that parallax issue. That's what allows us to to see 3D and 3D movies. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason. And... Uh, if you created that parallax and were able to create an algorithm that compared the two images so that it could detect whether something was flat or an actual three dimensional object, uh, that would get around that problem. Uh, I just said something that sounds like it's simple. It's actually incredibly complex, but that would be how, that would be my approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you look at how do we see these things and interpret them, and then how could we copy that within the realm of technology? Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Good oh, times. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things like so many of the other discussions we've had where there are so many positive applications, but, you know, there are privacy concerns and, and uh, possible ways to misuse the technology. It's, you know, okay. but I'm, it, it's really fascinating, though, how they've been able to uh, develop the technology to recognize a face at all you know especially when it's somebody far away yeah. in a photo you have a group picture of course uh, i think my camera only has the ability to recognize as many as 6 faces at once yeah um so there's still limitations right there, some some but, can
1: uh, can do like neat. 10 or so but yeah it's it's still one of those things the processor has to work pretty hard to mm-hmm. keep scanning and identifying like that and plus there's a point where you know it, it, If you have a far enough distance from the camera, it's probably going to ignore it because it doesn't want to try and focus on something in the background at the expense of whatever's in the foreground. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it is really cool. It's, it's the, it's, it's a step toward artificial intelligence. Yeah. Is really what we're talking about. We're teaching computers how to, to, uh, observe things and, identify them. They're still not thinking, No, but they are able to identify stuff. And again, it's really just creating measurements and then assigning a a numeric value to the collection of measurements and using that as the identifier. Mm -hmm. So you might think, hey, that's my brother Bill, and your camera's thinking, hey, that's 6749-32AB or something like that, because Mm -hmm. it's the identifier that coincides with this list, this potentially very long list Mm -hmm. of measurements of that person's face.
0: Yeah. Now, I wonder who's going to go back through history to identify people, you know, enter it into a database, people like William Shakespeare and Thomas Edison and uh, Nikola Tesla and all these other people so that it just auto tags everything on the Internet. I'm just wondering how many many
1: cameras are going to go out there and mistakenly identify people's fathers as Kenny Rogers. You know that website, right? Yes. My dad looks like Kenny Rogers.
0: Yeah. So. I can't believe you brought that into this. Okay. I'm just
1: saying. No, it's fine. It's a, apparently a common face to have. You, you, when facial recognition technology is, is everywhere,
0: we will also believe that Kenny
1: Rogers is omnipresent.
0: You know, you got to know when to walk away and I think now is the time to run.
1: Yes, yes. Don't be a gambler. <laughs> All right guys, that wraps up this discussion about facial recognition technology. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. We do have a great article on the site if you want to read more that goes into more detail about the different uh the different measurements that these cameras have to take and the methodologies they use. So if you really want to dive into it, I recommend that. They also have some really helpful uh, illustrations in there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to send us any questions or comments, or you just want to be our buddies, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle at both is techstuffhsw, or you can send us an email. Our email address is techstuff at Chris and I will talk to you again really soon.
0: If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter TechStuffHSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TechStuffHSW. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new TechStuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you